Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Current Yield. Uh, I am Jim Grant, and uh, I am all alone today. Well, except for Eric Whitehead, who's just to my left. He is at the control panel. And we're doing something a little different today. We are going to play for you uh, the remarks that uh, the Mark Cahotis, uh, the famed short seller, delivered at the Grants Conference a couple of years ago. This is the Fall Grants Conference of October 20th or thereabouts, 2017. And Mark's topic was a company called MyMedics, a pharmaceutical business based in Atlanta that is and was an integrated developer, processor, and marketer of regenerative biomaterial products and bioimplants for human placental tissue, skin, and uh, bone. Yeah. Well, speaking of skin and bone, Mark scoured MyMedics for reasons that uh, became apparent over the next couple of years. In fact, up to this point, uh, the scandal was just as Mark said. The scandal flowered and uh, uh, CEO was no longer the CEO, and uh, all sorts of stuff happened. Stock got more than sawed in half. But I want you to hear this because uh, it occurred to some of us around here that this was a short seller in action. Terrific analysis and courageous in his refusal to back down from all manner of charges thrown up into his face for having the temerity to challenge this company and its executive suite. So give it a listen. Here is Mark Cahotis at a Grants Conference in 2017 talking about MyMedics. Needing no introduction, Mark will actually get none. As you know, he was a former GP at Rocket Partners, uh, Copper River. He is one of, within the ever more intimate community of, um, of skeptics uh, and short sellers and bears and other maladjusted people. He is uh, certainly among the most respected for his craftsmanship and for his integrity and for the uh, fluency and the freedom of his speech. Now, for those of you, <laughs> uh, for those of you who are not in the Navy, there are earmuffs available for the asking. <laughs> Mark, front and center. I want to hear from you. Thanks, Jim. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me back this year. I also want to thank my lovely wife for putting up with me the last three months and getting ready for this, and my right-hand man, Luke Chellis, who helped me with this presentation. Some stuff happened in the last few days, so I'm gonna go off the script on some of it, which I think will make it very exciting. And uh, we had a little fireworks where we live yesterday, and thank God the fire stopped a mile away from Alder Lane Farm World Headquarters. I think the Canadians actually started the fire. <laughs> and they're actually goofy enough to think I would have gone home, which never would have happened. I was not gonna miss this no matter what. And uh, it's also great seeing Jim Chanos after a few years. Uh, him and I are almost the same age, but we were in Chicago together in 1985, and I thought it was fitting he talked about a mental hospital where we both should probably check in, <laughs> or, sh or should have checked in. The first thing I'd like to bring up is I, I really have a problem with free speech or lack of free speech. I always say that free speech is free as long as it's bullish. And I'm, and I'm very disappointed in the mainstream business media with the exception of about four people. And, and one guy who really sticks out who deserves your support is someone by the name of Roddy Boyd. And he runs something called Surf. I mean, I would have named it something differently, but that's up to him. It's the, I think it's the Southern Investigative Research Foundation. And it's a non-for-profit probably because Roddy Boyd couldn't work for a, under a normal guise. And I've known him for 17 years. I've only met him officially once. 
I donate to Surf Proudly. You should all donate to Surf Proudly because he's exposed fraud at Valiant, Insys, Medbox. He recently wrote about DeVita and one of the sell-side firms yesterday took his work, uh, put a sell on the stock. The stock was down 10% without even crediting what Boyd wrote, which to me is pathetic. Sad, actually. Amtrust and numerous others. So Roddy is a righteous man, and he could easily run a subscription service and make a whole lot of money, but then only a few people would see his work. So he doesn't do that because he wants the public uh, to see it to make a difference. Insys, which is this chart, was a company involved in selling subsis, a dangerous drug that actually killed people. He exposed them. Uh, numerous people have gone to jail. Uh, numerous people will go to jail. It was an insurance fraud. Doctors were in on it. It was a disaster. And if not for Roddy Boyd and some of the people who he talked to and worked with, this would still be going on. So he deserves your respect. He deserves your support. If you're concerned at all about donating to him because creeps like Michelle Salerio will write about it and say XYZ donates him and he's a tool for the shorts, screw that. I mean, people do plenty of business with brokerage firms and they give them all sorts of stuff, information before it's printed, all, all sorts of garbage. You know, and we're in 2017. Wall Street's charitable enough. Support this man, please, because he deserves it and he actually makes a real difference. QuickBooks, certainly, uh, the ecosystem business people can help us uh, make what is a little bit bad uh, a lot better. Ladies and gentlemen, you know that I'm always on the lookout for ways to help you improve your business. And uh, you know, if you're self-employed, as some of us are at this microphone, you are constantly on the prowl for that edge. And you want to avoid the headaches. You want to avoid uh, expense. So well, what do you do? Well, you look for QuickBooks. Uh, you manage your entire workflow from the first estimate to the final payment using Intuit QuickBooks. Now it says here to discuss how using QuickBooks saves you time, money, and hassles. All right, we'll do that. For example, there's the accountant that doesn't come in anymore. What's his name? Oh, we forgot already. Uh, but that is, uh, we, we miss him, but we don't miss paying him. They're the 1099s that uh, we can, uh, that help us keep track of all sorts of miscellaneous income, that which we have and that which we are aspiring to receive. And uh, QuickBooks will help you make direct payments. Yeah, you can just pay your bills from QuickBooks. So this is a one-stop shop situation. You won't have to learn how to use thousands of tools and software. Intuit QuickBooks does it all. It's the only one you need. Having all the tools you need in one place helps you make more productive. Easy to use. You can work smarter, not harder, thanks to how easy it is to use Intuit QuickBooks. Okay, call to action. Give Intuit QuickBooks a try, and you're going to love it as much as I do. Learn more about uh, smarter business tools at intuit.me slash grant. That's intuit.me, M-E slash grant. We use it here at Grants, and you should use it too, ladies and gentlemen. QuickBooks. So because I roll with the punches and because things sometimes change, my homework was due in uh, at the end of last week, and I turned it in. But a company called MyMedics, symbol MDXG, had a very bad idea to put on their website things about me that I was part of the Cali cartel. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. I launder money, I evade taxes. I kind of like that they said I was with the Hells Angels. I mean, that makes me, I guess, badass. Part of a naked shorting conspiracy, things like that. And uh, Carson of Muddy Waters fame uh, emailed me and said I should sue him for defamation. My lawyer, who's a former federal prosecutor, please keep note of that, I wrote him a letter 
and they took it down. I posted the letter on Twitter, <laughs> which is at Alderlane Eggs, which I love Twitter, as some of you may know. And I began getting some emails from some people with some very interesting things that I want to share today. The guy who runs my medics calls himself Parker, in air quotes, Pete Pettit. I call him Pepe Le Pew. I call him Petit Pete because he's a small man of stature, soul, and mind. He's, I'm here. If he wants any part of me, he can come for me. He's, he made the horrifically bad mistake of suing some bloggers uh, last week, but the bloggers appear to have written the truth. And suing skeptics, as Jim Chanos will tell you, is a horrifically bad idea and puts a laser sight on your forehead. And, and Pete, if you want to come for me, I will blow you somewhere into the next century. So let me read you something from Lou Roselli, who's the head of sales of my medics, December 9th of 2015. See below emails, Avcare has noticed that our federal inventory reconciliation is way off and the CEO of Avcare is involved, which means Pete is involved. We can't afford to take any big credits before the year end because the AEs did not keep good inventory. This also concerns me about the quality of the commercial inventory reconciliation that happened the past two weeks. If we cannot reconcile the federal inventory and Avcare pushes us for a credit on 511 tissues, you can imagine what will happen to the quarter. That's not good news, right? And that's not cool because I think something very funny happened with that quarter. And the same person sent me something as they were leaving. It's called a Dear Pete letter. And this company sells placental tissue used for grafts. So I think the shelf life on stuff like this is very short. In quotes, there's a lot of purchased product sitting on the shelves. This letter's in 2017, by the way. Sitting on the shelf, some aging back to 2013. Here are a few examples. What the hell is placental tissue sitting in a VA hospital since 2013? The auditor was just fired because they said they had inter found internal weaknesses. And that auditor is none other than Cherry Beckert. Is that a household name to anyone in here, Cherry Beckert? So if Cherry Beckert finds internal weaknesses, the auditing firm of Chanos, Chanos, and Chanos uh, would really have a problem. But this paragraph really got me. You may say this isn't timely reporting. However, since the operation of running your company is based on fear and intimidation of employees, I have kept this information to myself since I knew the moment I sent this, I would be fired. However, I am resigning based on this and my medics complete lack of integrity and gender discrimination, sexual harassment and treatment of women. I will keep a copy of this for my records and will give one to my attorney for his records in case I'm ever subpoenaed by any government agency. I call for you, Petit Pete, to resign immediately. I call for the board to begin an internal investigation to what you're doing. And I call the SEC to open an investigation. Let it be on the shorts or the company. This is a winner take all situation because it's time this bullshit stops. Quit intimidating shorts, critics, free speakers. It has to stop. The market's at 23, 24, 25,000, God forbid. It's high enough, but people should be able to have a yin and a yang in the market. And I'm sick and tired of this crap. And I wasn't gonna mention it, but he said I'm part of the Hell's Angels, so I figured what the hell. So. That's my public service announcement today, and Jim got me fired up mentioning mental institutions, so <laughs> away we go.
Uh, can you, when I started a Rocker Partners, this was actually my first short. This is considered a fad, and it's a company called Canandaigua Wine, and Jim and I used to drink this stuff when we were younger. Can you please play video number one? I used to be frightened by all the wine coolers I saw. I was scared I wouldn't pick the right one. Luckily, I did. It was the most refreshing one of them all, Sun Country Wine Cooler. You see, Sun Country is a blend of premium white wine and real fruit juice. That's what gives it its great taste. Sun Country say, give me the real juice cooler. If you don't say Sun Country, you'd better sleep with your lights on. <laughs> Back when this was a fair fight, and Jim and I actually had a chance, we were short Canandaigua wine, and this is adjusted for splits. The stock collapsed. The guy running the company was someone by the name of Richard Sands, and he quickly became uninvestable. No one would touch him. They had a high level of debt, but they had another business, and the stock collapsed. We covered our short too early, as always. We watched what happened, and as people ignored it, I started to think, maybe something here could possibly change. So we went long in 1988. This is back when I was sort of along. And they started to do better. Wine Cooler became a distant memory. They focused more on the wine and beer business. And here I was quoted back in the New York Times in 1995, actually thinking the stock was cheap and it was gonna go way up. So I have had a history in the past of throwing a curveball when everyone's expecting me to throw fastballs. I admire people who make mistakes, fix them, and then come out somewhat better. So in 1995, adjusted for splits, the stock was approximately two, and today the company is called Constellation Brands, and it's north of 200 at a 40 billion cap. So sadly, we were the third largest holder and owned 10% of the company in 1995, and as, as always, sold things too soon. Otherwise, I think I'd own the Plaza Hotel, the Pierre Hotel, and Trump Tower put together. But such is life. But again, every now and then, I see something that I used to be short, something that was terribly wrong, and when things change and thesis creeps, I change. This cat is Erwin Jacobs. Some of you guys may remember him as a, a raider. He's of the Carl Icahn vintage. Uh, at one point, he green-mailed Disney. I told him he should have just bought Disney outright, and he would have owned the whole state of Minneapolis. Erwin had a website campaign against me and our firm. We were sued by Aremisoft. Again, typical pattern here. I think a week after they sued us, the SEC walked in, halted the company. I don't think it traded again, and they were charged with defrauding investors for more than $200 million. Now, once I was in my office and my son was there and we were on speakerphone, Erwin said, Max, you know, your dad's a really bad man. He's spreading rumors. And my son got charged up and he, he's a touch disabled. He goes, Erwin, my dad is not a bad man. He goes after the truth. And I said, way to go, Max. And I said, Erwin, knock it off. Just play it straight and we'll see what happens. But now Erwin and I are pals and Max and I were back in Minneapolis this past spring seeing Southside Johnny. And Erwin apologized again to me and he apologized again to Max. So in this day and age of trying to take things to the grave and these guys hating these guys and whatever's going on in the world, 
I think it's sometimes time to mend fences. Anyway, now comes the sexy part of the show, so if you don't like bad language or things getting salty, please leave or cover your ears. Can we play uh, video number two? This is my arch enemy and my motivation in life. That uh, some people are capitalizing on this crisis at home capital. And isn't enough for one short seller to um, disrupt the market? Well, it's not clear that it's one short seller. There are, uh, according to the official over-the-counter reports uh, that I've reported on this morning uh, in the U.S., uh, there are 18 million short shares in the U.S. alone. Uh, there are only 60 million shares outstanding, so that's uh, almost 30% of the company is, uh, has been shorted. And not just by one short seller. There's one short seller in specific, specifically uh, Marco Hodes, who uh, is a, an aggressive tweeter who says uh, totally sensational and, uh, from what we can tell, erroneous things about the company, who is sort of a, the leader, it would seem, of uh, a band of people who are aggressively pushing home capital into the ground. So I guess I want to ask you, do you have a personal beef with this guy? I don't, nothing personal. I don't know him. I watched him on some TV shows, uh, read his quotes. I read his tweets. Uh, and he's a producer of, uh, of uh, Trump-like tweets. He says outrageous things. He's made accusations against all kinds of people and companies here in Canada. Uh, none of which have been supported. Uh, uh, the only thing we have against home is what the Ontario Securities Commission has uh, listed in its allegations. If you read through those allegations, you will see that what's involved here is a relatively minor, by stock investor standards, by securities law, you may have some issues that's not still to be determined in court or before the commissioners. Uh, so the Cahodes and others have uh, totally exaggerated whatever the situation is with claims of fraud and dishonesty and executives should be fired and uh, deceit that just goes on and on the things that they say on a daily basis against home well that's the low-life rat bastards that i have to deal with up in canada all right the ontario security commission banned the top three executives at home cap for two to four years this is a group that doesn't do much. They fined the company $30 million and the company did not plea or did not enter a consent decree. They admitted to it. So since he said I was a voracious tweeter and I was basically full of shit, I then decided to take my game up a notch because he essentially is calling me a <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm not. And, you know, a lot of people say you shouldn't or I don't take things personally in this business. Well, I do take things personally, and I wouldn't want my money, my hard-earned money, managed by anyone who didn't take this personally. You should take it personally. It's serious business. And if you're managing others' money or even your money, it's serious stuff. So I take this stuff very seriously. So I came out with some websites, hcgexposed.com, turnoutthebadgerdaylight.com, which I'll be talking about shortly, MaydayEIFDividend.com, which is a whole nother ball of wax, and uh, up Turtle Creek without a paddle. And Turtle Creek is smart enough to own both home cap and badger. So this guy motivated me. Um, Warren Buffett got involved in home cap in a backdoor bailout, I think, with the Canadian government. Uh, I was here last year. I think the stock was 30. I think it hit five in the spring. It's now at 13. I continue to believe it's worthless. 
they fired a lot of the evildoers, but uh, I keep getting fan mail from Canada, the people who do care about right or wrong, and I've gotten some very interesting information lately that I'll be putting on the HCG Exposed website when I get back about uh, money laundering, exploits, even worse controls than I thought, and there's some terrorist funding in the mix too, which if you live in Canada should be very troubling, but thank God I don't live in Canada. They hold me up at the border long enough. So the apple in my eye really, and again, all these slides and what I say is lawyer approved. I have one in the States who's a former federal prosecutor and I have one in Canada. This Badger Daylight is a real piece of <laughs> I mean, no doubt about it. It's not a Hydrovac company. Badger Daylight makes their money through illegally dumping toxic and sometimes hazardous materials in the United States and even in Canada. They brought in a new CEO just about a year ago, a little more, and one of the things he said on the conference call was, I know very little about Hydrovac. Well, that's right, because you're not really in the Hydrovac business. The CFO, whose last gig was at Ivanhoe Energy, which went bankrupt, he's not a CPA or he's not even a CFO, and when people talk to him about numbers, he takes off his socks. I, literally. I don't like these people very much either. Tim Ryber and John Kelly, I think, are part of the ringleaders. They're based in Indianapolis. They used to work at waste management and have a waste management uh, pedigree. The company knowingly breaks the law. They break the law because in states like California, you have cradle-to-grave liability if you as much dump a gallon of paint in a storm drain. If you do it in 1992, if my pal Derek does it in 1992 and I turn in pictures of him in 2018, they can hold him liable to the day he dies. The company bragged in the last conference call how Eastern Canada was getting better. In a handout you'll get after my presentation, one of the exhibits is a letter from Badger Montreal to Badger Corporate saying he's going broke, that he can't make ends meet, that business is terrible. There's also a letter from my attorney to the board of Badger and Badger's auditor about an off-balance sheet slush fund that I think I've detected through both some formers and through some research on their numbers, and I give you the numbers uh, sort of bearing this point out. There are numerous pollution whistleblowers out there, and some may have even filed a QTAM lawsuit, which is under seal, but at some point gets unsealed, and I cannot wait to see what happens there. Sadly, I had something set up today where I was gonna bring the former Badger regional manager from California out with me, but as things happen with short sellers, I got a text at five in the morning on Sunday that his mother suddenly passed away and he couldn't make it. But don't worry, my right-hand man Luke and I woke up at two in the morning to fly down to Southern California to interview him last Monday and we have a tape. I've edited the tape to just make it a little brief, so can we please play the clips of the Badger former employee about Badger. Some of these uh, statements are fascinating, and some of them, uh, as Jim would say, should land these guys in the Gray Bar Motel. Can you play the clips? With how top-heavy Badger is, with all the regional managers, all the management from middle management, management up to the people that run uh, Indiana, um, we're talking tens, tens of millions of dollars in salaries. Um, there's no way at this point with what I've seen, what have I, I've experienced that 
the Hydrovac side of things actually makes any money. There's no way. Um, so again, going back to the original statement of them being profitable, how can you be profitable when you. you're underbidding projects, here in California at least, where you're a union-based company and you're, you're not just on the operators 100 bucks an hour, fully loaded. And the minute that operator sits behind that steering wheel, you're, you're on the hook. And you're looking at a break-even point of about 180 bucks an hour just on the truck. So you you to break even, you're you, you gotta go maybe a little high. I mean, at the very least, 270, 275 an hour. That's break even. That doesn't also include what a lot of these guys don't do is charge for pre and post trip. So as a driver, you go in, you inspect your truck, and then you get on the road. That's a 30-minute charge. You get back, you inspect your truck again, that's another 30 minutes. So again, where, where are we making money? Where, where's the money being made? There's a gentleman by the name of Ed Watts that worked for Badger. Yeah. yeah. That's a guy that falsified records and diverted pg e waste to his his uh, uh, disposal site. Well, most people that open, let's say I open my backyard, yeah, me 150, 200 bucks, yeah, to dump per load, and I'm making 300 dollars a dump versus. Can be anywhere between five and six hundred dollars at a, or seven hundred bucks at a uh, PG&E approved site. That also comes to to a head when you have close to eighty percent turnover at a company that is publicly traded, and very likely they don't tell anybody that you have an eighty percent turnover rate. At an eighty percent turnover rate, explain to me now how we make money in Hyderabad. You don't. You've got area managers that you have to replace. You've got area managers that. How do you do it though? How, how do you? How can you? How can you possibly do that? Right? You can't. Okay. They they say that it essentially costs them about twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars to train an area manager. Right? Okay. So now you have an eighty percent turnover on area managers to operators, and they they say it takes about twelve thousand dollars to to uh, train train a, an operator. Where do those costs go? They're added to every Badger truck that's in that fleet. So again, where are we making money? There's no way we're making money. Yeah. How is it possible they're reporting margins, operating margins twice as high as that? It's a lie. Year? It's an absolute lie. That's all, it's made up numbers. They're made up numbers. I'm somewhat confident these guys are gonna go away, right? That, that, that by exposing them, Forget go away. They're going to be handcuffed. I'm not being influenced by a any monetary issues. We know we know all the all the the the, uh, the complexities of how they hid the dump sites through uh, through. I don't know if we want to bring up Ed Watts, but through a, diff a different individual up in Northern California, uh, diverting the PG&E loads to a different dump site, falsifying those records. 
The person, the key, the, the, the key holder to all this, in my estimation, there's two people. You got John Kelly, actually three. John Kelly, Tim Riber, and Tor Wilson. Tor left for a reason. And Tor's a liar. I've sat down in front of him and had, had lunch and he's lied straight like this. The king guy, it's John Kelly. John Kelly has all this, knows where all the skeletons and bodies are buried at this point. John Kelly's the guy. How's that? I mean, it would have been better if I had him here, because I figured that would have been a first and we would have had the seats, but the poor guy's mom died. So he's just one of many who I've talked to. So there's a common theme amongst the rascals I go after. These guys are illegally dumping toxic stuff in the state where I live. Badger's not a Hydrovac company. It's not an infrastructure play. They probably lose money in Hydrovac. They make their money by polluting the environment. They underbid. Hydrovacking by design produces toxic and hazardous product. Their competitive advantage, again, is low-cost illegal dumping. You know, I, I'm pretty clear and pretty out there in some of my claims, and these guys have yet, have yet to respond to one of them. Here's the timeline of who knew what, when. There have been a few uh, changes at the top. Again, this, this chart sort of speaks for itself, but given the turnover there, uh, you would think uh, the end is somewhat near. This is a chart that Jim Chanos would appreciate. It's very WorldCom-like. Right. These are the games that help management's bottom line, but will eventually destroy shareholders. To get higher bonuses, management makes up revenue, EBITDA, they capitalize expenses. But at the end of the day, EBITDA doesn't really move. It, doesn't, it, just, it just doesn't really move. And this is sort of a cash business, and the receivables are just way too high. Oh, and by the way, this is not an approved dump site in Hayward, California. And that green you see uh, next to it is a golf course. So that's a Badger truck dumping in Hayward, California. I mean, this stuff needs to stop. You know, if you're in enforcement or things like that, you need to stop bad actors like this. Yeah, I'm short the stock. Yeah, I benefit when it goes down. I get all that. People benefit when longs go up, part of life. But part of what we do, part of what Chanos does, is exposing bad actors, you know, people who do wrong things, rip off the government, rip off insurance company, overcharge people for drugs, overcharge people for power. You know, for everyone who thinks this is some get rich quick, quick scheme, you're sadly mistaken. You know, the whole short and distort bunch, you know, try doing this. But, you know, I do it because I like it. And I think there's some greater good that society gets from exposing these bad actors and these toxic dumpers, both here in Canada. They do the same shit in Canada. They just dump it on Indian land in Quebec. And they even truck the shit from New York State and dump it in Ontario. And if you guys have any form of no brain in your head, just try suing me because I will expose you so deeply you won't even know what happened to you. Which is why they won't even respond to anything on the website. Again, have an internal investigation. Winner take all on Badger. You know, winner take all on my medics. I'm not even part of that whole blogger thing. But guys, at least report and deal from the top of the deck. Can we roll video number three? My fellow polluters, I thank you for coming. If we all stick together, we can stick it to planet Earth like it's never been stuck before. 
Just tell us the good part, Plunder. How we're gonna get rich. The word is filthy rich, Mr. Greedley. Watch. Hey, Plunder, what are you trying to pull? The plug, Dr. Blight, of the world's water supply. We are going to contaminate the water systems of every major city, divert clean water to our bottling plants, and sell it to thirsty citizens at astronomical prices. <laughs> How are we going to pollute the water? Toxic waste, sewage, chemicals. The opportunities are endless. And since people are already spoiling their water supplies, we're just speeding up the process a bit. All in favor, say pollute. Pollute! 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 Figured add a little cartoonish to the, to the show. And then we have the Exchange Income Fund in Canada. The symbol that is EIF. And my lawyer says, if raising money from new investors to pay old investors, then EIC slash EIF is a Ponzi scheme. EIF's increased its debt load by 462 million and issued 230 million shares to fund a $700 million deficit. They're also, in my opinion, in my Canadian lawyer's opinion, they're in violation of the Canadian Business Corporations Act. And my lawyer sent a letter to EIF, which is included in the handouts after this presentation. This is a, just a tremendous slide. Cumulative net income of EIF since they've been in business is $247 million. But somehow they've managed to pay out in dividends $290 million. I just don't know how that possibly works. This is just wonderful. Trevor Johnson of National Bank, he seems to have forgotten what Henry Blodgett uh, did at Merrill Lynch that got him in trouble. In Canada, it's legal to one-way tape. You can theoretically walk around with a recorder going full-time in Canada and tape any conversation. A friend of mine had drinks with Trevor, and this is what Trevor said to him, and I have it on tape. It's really something to tell people that your buy-recommended stock is worth 45, when in private it's worth 10. Trevor works at the National Bank, and this next slide is really something. They all think it's just a big game up there. It's a real game that bankers are in touch with the analyst, in touch with the broker, and they can squeeze shorts. They sent around a memo trying to get the stock from margin accounts into cash accounts to play games with the stock so they could sell more stock to pay a dividend they don't earn. I mean, come on now, people. I mean, Trevor, you're dumber than a frickin' post, and you should probably resign this afternoon because you can't tell people to buy a stock with a target of 45 when you know it's worth 10, when you and your firm have been playing games to manipulate the shares. A little bit, it's all gaming the system. Well, this isn't a game. You know, when you're a brokerage firm and you tell people to buy the stock to squeeze shorts that you make a dividend or get a dividend you don't earn, that's not right. And the sad part is, the CEO of the company, he's involved. He's on the tape too. But I'll just share a little bit of this with you before I send it to the authorities and my attorney sends a letter to National Bank with the tape because I'm limited in time even though everyone was kind enough to give me a little more. But this is the kind of riffraff and stuff that goes on and it should be an embarrassment. And if anyone wants to know why Canada is a target, it's because of this bull 
that goes on. And I urge someone, I urge someone or people or finance minister Morneau to clean this bullshit up once and for all because I'm not going to stop. I mean, you can detain me at the border for an hour and hassle me, but I'm not going to stop because this just needs to be cleaned up. So what does EIF do? They run an airline from Manitoba to the far reaches of the earth and they uh, their customers are First Nations people. We would call them American Indians. And the planes literally are death traps. And part of my enclosure after this is letters to me from former pilots who quit for fear of their lives. They took jobs with Air Canada and other airlines because they were worried about dying. This is an email I have from a former maintenance crew chief with 15 plus years of experience. I quit due to not wanting to comply with illegal activity, okay? This is a regulated business. This is a company regulated by Transport of Canada. They've also heard from me and heard from my attorney and we're beginning to have discussions with them on what's wrong with EIF. Oh, and don't worry, instead of fixing up the planes, what do we do? We have to pay a dividend. So National Bank, did a deal, 2 million shares at 42.45. CEO Mike Pyle, who's a liar. Inclement weather was more acute for perimeter during the business Christmas season, resulting in flight cancellations. No, I have it from eight people that Transport Canada inspected and forced your planes not to fly till they comply. That's the reason you miss numbers. That was the problem, not because of the weather, not because of the weather. At least tell people the truth. And when planes aren't crashing in Manitoba, what are they doing? They acquired something called Regional One in Miami, which sure has good directional synergies with Winnipeg. Essentially, <laughs> right, it's just, it's the perfect thing you'd want to acquire in Winnipeg, right? Something in Miami. And what do they do? It's a chop shop run by a guy with a name change, Duran Mokaher, who's now Duran Moran. And he runs 24, count them, 24 businesses on the side, one of which is an engine company that's located, I kid you not, I think some people think this is a joke, in a liquor store in Milford, New Milford, Connecticut. I can't make this stuff up. So they sell used engines, used aircraft parts. Zero Hedge published an article last night showing how the price of all these things are in free fall. So, I don't believe their numbers. I think their numbers are somewhat fake. I think the assets are extraordinarily overvalued to the tune of 350 or more. And I think this company is essentially into the trees. And it would be into the trees without this dividend that they don't earn. So that concludes my official part of the presentation. I wanted to mention that last spring, I mentioned a company called Stamps.com. My timing was a bit off. I think the stock was 115 at the time. It's now probably 200 in that price. Uh, what's changed simply was management is a little gamier than I thought. There's a letter that was flown around by the post office uh, that's yet to be implemented. Um, <coughs> Being early is being wrong. I own that. Anyone who listened to me on that and lost money, I truly apologize. But I think uh, 2018 or maybe later this year, it's going to be uh, very fascinating for stamps.com, which is a reseller of postage. It sort of is a, it's a hard concept for me to understand, 
how a partner of an entity that loses $5 billion, which is the US Postal Service, uh, makes margins higher than Google and Apple. I've never, I've never really seen that before. So I'm gonna be fascinated to hear what Stamps has to say on their next call, how the State of the Union looks going forward, and depending what they say, they'll hear from me, maybe with a website. So on that note, I'll take some questions. Mark, thanks for your presentation. Going back to your comments on MyMedics, uh -huh. what was the context of the, I think it was the first email you read? Uh, the context of that, that was, I think a rep who sent me a, an email earlier, it was a little longer. They think that the inventory moves around from place to place. As part of that email, but I just wanted to be careful on, on time, this person sent me, again, an email from someone at MyMedics. Some tissues in our inventory cannot be found, and they are still looking for them. My medics is transferring tissues from facility to facility without reporting the transfers to us. So I don't understand how that could possibly be. And then, and then the front part of that letter is, Steve, I'm concerned with the quality of the quarterly inventory counts that my medics reps are taking. The primary reason is that on the September inventory count, some facilities reported tissues as sitting on the shelf, although they had been billed out earlier in the year. So how do you sell a tissue which is logged, book revenue, with the tissue still sitting there? So I'm gonna hold my cards to see if Pepe or Petit Pete or Pepe Le Pew, whatever he, he wants to do. I mean, someone should, some regulator should look into this thing deeply to figure out what's going on. I mean, this is done through a division, Avcare, which is located in Pulaski, Tennessee, a town of 7,700 people that was founded by a mortgage broker from Iowa. I mean, there's something about this that, that just beyond doesn't fit. And then are there any other distributors that you would comment on? I don't, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave that to others. But I mean, this, this all just sort of came together on Sunday. So that was the, that was the thought there. Um, perhaps a bit off topic, but I was curious, given your focus uh, to some extent on Canadian companies, if you happen to have an opinion on Brookfield Asset Management. No, I mean, what can I say? I, I am not short the Canadian banks. I have to be careful because I don't wanna come across as a hater, a lot of these companies uh, could have issues. Some should be the poster children for them to clean up their act. I know Brookfield's a little controversial. I've read some stuff on it. I just don't want to tangle with the elephants. I mean, I don't want to tangle with Constellation software. I mean, a lot, these guys have done some great work on Constellation, but some of that stuff is beyond my pay grade. I think I'm going to try to go for the low-hanging fruit, and I'm going to work hard to, you know, get someone at either EIF or Badger arrested. I mean, that's, 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 that's where I'm aiming. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to send a message and to crack someone's skull open. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do because there's no deterrent up there. These guys have gotten away with it for a long, long, long time. I mean, Chanos remembers the great Garth Drabinsky. I mean, there's been some, some wonderful, wonderful stories. Jerry Pencer up there. Uh, you know, I tangled with Mark Thompson. He sued me when, when Concordia stock was 30. I spoke about it last year at four. It's been my best short this year because it's now at one. I hope that rat bastard gets arrested. 
I mean, but, but someone needs to crack it down, and it's not the short sellers. I mean, it's a kitten in rainbow country. I mean, everyone's fearful for speaking the truth. Everyone wants to stand in line, but I look for the rascals who try to shake things up. But long answer to your question, I'm, I'm just, I leave Brookfield, the banks, and so-called big legitimate things alone. I, I just don't need to get shot up there. We have a uh, webcast question, Mark. Um, why do you think there's so much uh, apathy still with the uh, home cap? Uh, specifically, why uh, has there not been more reaction to the uh, scathing KPMG report? That's a really good question, whoever asked that one. Well, I mean, we have, uh, the, they brought the loan shark Warren Buffett to the party. I mean, they gave him stock at 40% uh, below book. He's on a 9.5% loan to them if they need it. That's double collateralized. Everyone thinks the bad news is over or out, but it's not. It's just it's just begun. I mean, home cap is going to be the first to go when the credit cycle up there goes negative. I don't think their loans are any good. I think the management, the new management at best is C minus. I mean, it's a I mean, what kind of subprime bank hires a CEO whose first name is Usury? <laughs> I mean, they 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 hire a CEO named Usury Basada. I mean, it's like what the fuck, people? I mean, and then, and then I feel bad for the guy because his name's Usury, and I try to call him, and, and what is it, Luke? I've called him like 34 days in a row, and, and he doesn't call me back. I mean, I'm trying to help him out to show him where the bodies are buried there, and in Usury, the CEO of a subprime bank won't call me back. I mean, badger daylight. I mean, come on now, people. So you can make things harder for me up there, or you can make things easier. But, but when you mess up, you know, you got to own it. You know, you guys at Badger are toxically dumping. The guys at EIF are flying God-fearing people around Winnipeg and Manitoba. They charge them more to fly from Winnipeg to Red Sucker Lake, Manitoba, than Air Canada charges flying from Winnipeg to London. I mean, what kind of outfit does that? And can't fix up the planes. In the letters, one of the pilots said they quit after they turned the wheel right and the plane turned left. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. And, 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 and when I went to Toronto to interview these people, they said that there's no de-icing trucks in northern Manitoba, that de-icing fluid is sent on the plane. And, and this person was on a flight where they didn't have de-icing fluid, and she was on the wing of the plane with her credit card scraping the ice off the wing. I'm serious. I'm serious. And I can't wait. I know, I mean, I just want Corcoran, that blowhard who I showed the video on, and the CEO of EIF, and the CEO of Badger, and the CEO, I'll buy them a yearly pass to fly on that godforsaken airplane. So that's life, that's the fight, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Cahotis, the formidable Mark Cahotis, arraying all his mighty talents against uh, My Medics Group. My Medics Group, Inc. of Atlanta, Georgia, MDXG is the ticker on the NASDAQ, and that's one from the vault. So be with us next time, please, for Current Yield. This is Jim Grant on behalf of Grant's Interest Rate Observer.